Showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. And this week we have something special for you. It's our 20th episode. Episode 20, everyone. Well, thank you for the enthusiasm, Pat. (laughs) Since this is the 20th episode of Saturday Matinee Theater, we decided to take a quick break from our regular programming. But don't fret, Holmes and Watson or Flash and Dale will return back on track on our next episode. This episode, we're traveling back to 1947 to review Sinbad the Sailor from RKO Pictures. I'm your host, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. And joining me, as always, is the Abu to my Sinbad, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christados. And how are we feeling today, Abu? Well, Jared, I'm the biggest fraud there is in the world. It's <laughs> 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 the sailor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, also joining me is the possibly treacherous Malik, Jason, the weasel skull, Albrick. And how are you today, Jason? Holding an auction. Holding an auction. <laughs> Jason's holding an auction. <laughs> And we have a special guest with us today. We have Jason's lovely wife, my sister-in-law, a big Sinbad fan. We have Julie, the dark web. Jansen, how are you doing today, Julie? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. Oh, no, no problem at all. You're filling in for our good buddy Delvin, because Delvin had to bail today. So it was fortuitous that we had you scheduled in as a special guest. So, Julie, I have a question for you. I have two questions for you. Here are your two questions. Okay. What is your first memory of Sinbad, and what's your favorite iteration of the character? My first memory of Sinbad is the seventh voyage of Sinbad, I think it is. It was always on at Thanksgiving time, I remember as a kid. The first movie I really remember with the Ray Harryhausen creature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that's probably my favorite one. The movie we're talking about tonight, actually, I'd never seen before. The only Sinbads I know have creatures in them. Now that you mention it, I do remember them Harryhausen Sinbads. Mm -hmm. Well, very cool. Those are the ones with like that stop animation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Ray Harryhausen. He's famous for that stop motion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That looked good. I remember those two as well. Not for nothing, but there's a really good Netflix documentary on Ray Harryhausen that I watched not too long ago. Good stuff. Highly recommend if you're one of those Saturday matinee theater fans that likes old stuff, which if you're listening to this, I hope that you do. (laughs) Speaking of this, Pat, what is this? Well, thank you, Jared. Let me tell you, Saturday matinee theater is a retro review, sometimes index show brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. This time around, we're going to look at 1947's swashbuckler Sinbad the Sailor. Stepped out of your comfort zone. No Sherlock Holmes, but that violin is still banging, my friend. Can you make that up on the fly? Well, you know, I was inspired by the waves of the ocean. I thought I heard a full orchestra behind you. How did you arrange that? You know, since we're here where we are in beautiful uh, Agrabah or, or Baghdad or wherever. Or wherever. <laughs> I think we're in Agrabah. I don't know if that's a real place, but I like Agrabah. it. <laughs> 
It's rather warm here in Agrabah, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we're not in the 221B, so we're here at the, you know, further south. We're here in Persia. Persia, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm feeling very festive, and so I was able to find a orchestra group to help back me up. Well, it sounded good. So, Julie, special guest, are there any instruments that you play? I play a little bit of bass guitar and the harmonica, badly. If, if you had to pick one, what would it be? Like, forced to pick Bass one. guitar. Bass guitar. Let's hear some. Let's start the bass guitar. Guitar playing now. You say you played badly. What the heck, man? That was amazing. Did you drop the beat on that? That was so... God dang. Yeah, somewhere John Deacon's just hanging it up. He's like, no, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get her together with Alan Porter. Didn't he rock some bass guitar when he was on one time? Oh, we can have dueling basses. Dueling bass guitar. (laughs) That was pretty good. It'd be the British invasion versus the American resistance. <laughs> that sounds exciting. But you know what I need? I need details on this movie. And since Delvin's not here, we're going to have to rely on the weasel skull, man. Tell us a little bit about the details, my friend. You know, that comedian, he did a pretty good job acting when he was uh, that Secret <laughs> Service agent protecting that kid. And that kid, I think, is going <laughs> place. I think you watched First Kid with Sinbad. I was, was like, one? where is he going with this one? I don't <laughs> know. He's thinking of the movie First Kid with Sinbad. Um, was it that one I'm supposed to watch? <laughs> no, we were watching 1947 Sinbad the Sailor. Oh, spotted I'm kidding, of course, I watched Sinbad the Sailor. Its release date was 13 January 1947. Director was Richard Wallace. Writer was John Twist and George Worthing Yates. It starred Douglas Fairbanks Jr. as Sinbad, Maureen O'Hara as Shireen, Walter Slezak as Malik, Anthony Quinn as Amir, and George Tobias as Abu. As of this recording, this film can be found for $2.99 on Amazon, YouTube, Google Play, and iTunes. We highly encourage you to watch this film before proceeding with this podcast because not only is it more fun that way, but Jared is about to give us a synopsis about the movie and then we're going to discuss it. So there are some spoilers heading your way. So again, if you haven't watched this film, we recommend you pause here. Go check it out, and then come back to join our discussion. This film runs about two hours, so if you don't have that kind of time, we understand. And you'll just have to trust us from here on in. Would we lie to you? Would we? (laughs) For those of you who are watching along with us, we'd love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag SMTMovie. Hashtag SMTMovie. Hashtag SMTMovie. Hashtag SMTMovie. I like it. And with that, let's turn it over to Jared for the episode summary. Yes, sir.
Sinbad, gay, roving vagabond of the Arabian Nights, the glorious braggart who made his tallest tales come true. Sinbad, who outwitted an army to invade the sacred baths of the harem beauties, drawn by the smoldering challenge of the girl called Shireen, the jewel of Persia. Shireen, beautiful and dangerous, who had flame in her hair, in her eyes, in her arm. If I put you on the scales, measured delicately against the price I paid for this ship, would you go up or down? Take her. Take her from my sight. Let her go when it pleases you to the richest pillar in Diabol Street of the Lepers. It's the blood feud that set the East ablaze as this daredevil defies a sultan's decree of death. Adventures that beggar description, schemes that defy comparison as Sinbad faces the avenging galleys of the Corsair pirates, closing in a mighty sea battle for the loveliest prize in Araby. And you can help me keep an eye on this crew. Any man that signals the Droman is a vicious dinner. Or any woman. Let her be doubly watched. regales a group of mildly disinterested men with the tale of his eighth adventure. In this adventure, Sinbad and his faithful friend Abu discover a ship adrift at sea, her crew all deceased, and they claim the craft as salvage. While it's a nice vessel indeed, the most valuable thing about it is the map that Sinbad finds on board, charting the location of the island of Dariabar, where the mythical treasure of Alexander the Great is said to be stored. But it's hard to tell who to trust on the voyage, since the map soon goes missing and an assassination attempt is made on Sinbad himself. Can Sinbad trust the comely Shireen, who just might steal his heart? Or the worldly ship's barber, Malik? Faithful Abu? Or the bold, fearless, ruthless leader, Emir? Everyone seems to have their own secret scheme afoot, but will Sinbad uncover the truth in the nest of treachery in time to save the day? Tune in and find out. And now it's time to get into our highs and lows. So, Julie, pick a high or a low for 1947's Sinbad the Sailor and let us know what you thought about that particular issue. My high has to do with the bird, the Mina bird. <laughs> gotcha. I thought that was pretty cool. It's not a usual parrot that you see with the pirate. Mm-hmm. It's a Mina. A Mina. Jamar! Jamar! <laughs> I just called it a blackbird. Now I have to look up Mina. It's a Mina bird. They're birds that talk so they can learn to talk. We saw them all over the place in Hawaii. They're like pigeons in Hawaii. Oh, those were those birds I was seeing in Hawaii. I, I got you. I got you. Mina birds. You know, I think it might have been a bird on a string. I don't want to ruin the whole movie for you. <laughs> there, a lot, in a lot of scenes, it was a bird on a string. <laughs> We're going, shenanigans! <laughs> this movie is bullcrap! <laughs> yeah. The real one had to be when he was, like, petting it and all that, right? Yeah. 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 It's just there are some scenes where it's flying around where it's obviously a bird on a string. <laughs> I'd like yeah. to point out that bird on a string would be a pretty good band name. Bird on a like wire. bird on a wire. Right. 
<laughs> Pat, high or low? What you got? I got a high. Going back and looking at this movie for the first time, I've never seen this movie before. I think I was thinking the movie we were going to watch was the one with the animated creatures, the Harry Housen one or whatever. And so I'm like, oh yeah, I want to relive that. But this isn't what it turned out to be. <laughs> <laughs> you picked the movie, Pat. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I just said Sinbad the Sailor. I didn't know how far back it went. So I, like I said, I've never. You cost us all two ninety nine, Pat. <laughs> I know. I want $2.99 let me, let me and a tell you. piece of chicken if that's a possibility at all. <laughs> but uh, let me tell you, though, I was – once it started, it started getting kind of nostalgic, real feel for it. And then you start to see the ships and just the sets they had. When you oh, think yeah. about this was done in 1947 and looking at these elaborate sets that are really, really well put together. And then you think about the – okay, so Harryhausen had the, the animation, stop animation there like that. But mm-hmm. just what they did in this movie with the miniatures – on the sea and all that, you know, you could kind of tell, it, you know, what they were doing, but it still looked very, really cool. It was charming. I was, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, this is a charming movie. Draw you back and just how elaborate you would go, even at the dock. They had that ship there, you know, and then the dock around it and just all the architecture. And it's just really, really interesting. The clothing, the wardrobes they wore. I agree. The clothing was mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I concur. The costuming was excellent. I was expecting this to be black and white. Not I I was too. The Technicolor was awesome. Yeah. I'm like, oh. So I was like, this is really even a better surprise. So I thought that even brought out more of the movie, that old timey kind of feel to it as well, too. So that's a plus for me. Quick rabbit hole here. Did you have a favorite costume from the movie? Sinbad, because he kept changing his outfits. Mm-hmm. I think he looked cooler in the black one. The black with the yellow trim? Yeah. Yeah. He did when, look pretty cool. In that. I yeah, like the Amir. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I like the other guy who, who was more dressed up and he's like, if that guy, he'd be like in the business suit all suited up you mean anthony quinn's character oh yeah is that you're talking about yeah yeah Yeah. he looked like the young buff barack obama yeah he He looks kind of i thought he did kind of look like obama interesting what was your favorite costume julie i don't know i think i noticed maureen o'hara's costumes more than sinbad Mm -hmm. i guess when i was watching douglas fairbanks jr i kind of thought was this guy ever cast as peter pan like i could totally see him flying around with a little peter pan outfit kind of but her costumes i think were gorgeous with the sequins and the satiny but is their favorite one and how to describe it at this moment i'm drawing a blank well, there were a lot of good ones for Marino hair for sure. I'm with Jason. I like the Amir. And the one that just leapt to mind was he had like this white outfit and it had like these three big red jewels on a necklace. Mm-hmm. And it might have been purple, red or purple. Can't remember. Just plastered on his chest. He looked like a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like he meant business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. baller. <laughs> Jason, I believe it's your turn to drop a high or a low. Oh, I'll drop a high as well. I really like the mix of the physicality of Douglas Fairbanks Jr. as he was leaping around and really turning some of those sets into his own playground almost and some of those action scenes, which were just whimsical and fun. And then I also liked how he was also kind of a little hustler, too. There was a little bit of con artist. And I couldn't help mm-hmm. but think, like, this guy's always like Han Solo a little bit, you know, just... <laughs> he was a very flamboyant and- Han Solo <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If Han Solo like did ballet or something, that, that, would be, that would be it. My favorite scene, I think, in the whole movie is the scene when he's in with the Emir and Maureen O'Hara's character. He obviously wants to abscond with her and they're playing that little mental chess game and he does the rub the lamp to create the smoke and then the smoke clears and he's gone. All of the guards are missing their swords and then mm-hmm. it pans over and the Emir's sitting with the other woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
this woman's gone. I thought that was just great. That was a good one. I want to just piggyback off your point. That's one of my notes, too, is I have the fight scenes are like watching kids play on the playground, but in a fun way. You know, it's like they Peter were all Pam. just... Yeah, jumping around. They had that. Nobody was really getting hurt. And you can tell it was all kind of stagey stuff, but it made it fun and exciting. Yeah. Julie? Being a big fan of the Ray Harryhausen ones, this had a little bit more romance to it that I'm not really a fan of. So that was maybe a low point for me. I think in the Ray Harryhausen films, there is that tiny bit of romance, but it's masked by all the other action going on. And in this one, it seemed to have more of a forefront Mm -hmm. sort of line. So I don't know. That was not my favorite. I don't know what anybody else has to say about it. You like more high adventure than the focus on the romance. Yes. Well, I think the Harry House of Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, they had a little bit of romance there, but that yeah. romance was already established. There wasn't so much focus on it because she right. wasn't she like she was like shrunk at the very beginning of the movie. And- in that one, the Seventh Voyage. Yeah, she yeah. was. She was shrunken down and put in that little cage. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who hasn't? I didn't mind the romance part of it. Once I started watching this all the way through it, typically I start watching it at night and I did fall asleep. So I had to do another watch through again. I got to catch more things about it and the romance. It was kind of odd, though, how they were kind of back and forth a little bit, especially in the ship. I'm like, okay, well, you get a kiss or you get a kiss or what's going on here? Come on, get to it here. <laughs> Pat doesn't have time for the game. I don't know how long you court somebody in 1947, but <laughs> ten minutes to sit here and watch these two finally go at it. <laughs> so, but I'm assuming the deal got closed. Sitting bad got they got bad on. Uh, you know, bad if we're if we're counting, you know, he's putting the sand and sin bad. <laughs> But, yeah, the boats are rocking. Don't come a knocking. No, he didn't. <laughs> Just says no. No? You think he was? No, I mean Jason's comment. Oh, oh. oh yeah. No, we just tuned those out. Julie's still working on learning to tune those out. <laughs> a lot of what I say gets edited out in the final uh... Other than his intro at the beginning, you won't hear much from Jason on this episode. <laughs> I was surprised with 1947. I've seen a lot of old movies from that period. And this romance at least was, I thought it was layered because for a good portion of the movie, I didn't really know what Maureen's angle was. She was like working different people, different ways. So yeah. at least they kept it interesting that way. I was like, what is she, what is yeah. she after? You know, and yeah. maybe I'm her- just slow. But <laughs> I mean, I figured they'd end up together, but I was still like, she was. She seemed more layered than your typical 40s leading lady. Speaking about being slow. Slow. I I'm gonna say I'm myself. I was slow at finding out about the barber. I'm like, oh, this barber guy's pretty funny guy. I like this guy. And then the twist at the end, Jamal. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> what? Well, I give you credit I, I because for it. you know he kind of waves you back when he doesn't yeah. uh, cut his throat during the shave or uh-huh. attempted to even steal anything. You're like, oh, he might be all right. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this guy's all right. He's just, you know, yeah, he's like he says, he's things don't always work out the right way. <laughs> he did have those pretty funny backstories too about like yeah. how he was a failure at everything he'd ever <laughs> tried to do. Yeah, and he was funny, and so was Abu. I think they had some funny lines for a little comedy relief, I guess. But I was surprised that it turned out to be him. I wasn't expecting that. Was anybody else? I was 50-50 on him, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I was suspicious of him. But you're right, the things with the razor did plant a seed of doubt in my head. Speaking of Jason's doubts and things in his head, you got man, high or low? I'm going to give a high to the, I don't know the name of the guy, but he was a really quiet dude with the blue turban that just took that whipping like a champ. (laughs) 
I knew you were going to talk about that. I was like, that dude, man, I was like, he's on my team. I'm picking him. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the game is, picking him first. In the beginning, it made it seem like he was the guy that was, you know, kind of traitor and all that, too. Yeah, they were going back and forth between those two guys. Mm-hmm. That, but the moment I saw him take that whipping, and then when he got out of those chains, oh, yeah. and he just choked the life out of that dude. And then in that battle scene, he was throwing guys around like they were ragdolls. I was like, that's my guy right there, picking him every time. <laughs> he was like a foot and a half taller than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do a closing round of thoughts on the film, highs or lows. Julie, you got anything left in the tank or just some overall thoughts? Well, I did read a little bit about it. I thought it was interesting that Douglas Fairbanks Jr. had just come out of his service in World War II in the Navy and that he was trying to come back into Hollywood and chose the Sinbad movie where he was a sailor. That was kind of an interesting choice for an actor breaking back in. He did come back as a sailor having been a literal sailor in the Navy during World War II. And when I'm watching it and he's doing the very flamboyant gesture and speaking grandly and very ballet-like battling that's kind of kids playgroundy and Peter Panny, like you said. I had to think back to like all his buddies he started with in the Navy probably clowned the crap out of him for that. <laughs> 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 they were probably like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> Was he- with the mop. <laughs> Was he a silent film actor? I wondered about that. Because, you know, in the silent films, people tend to be more like, you know, overboard with the, yeah, expressive with their gestures. And I know he started, like his dad was a famous actor. Mm-hmm. And so he must have started early and possibly I wondered if he was a silent film star and that could have been why he that was makes so a lot of sense. over the top with mm-hmm. his acting. That makes a ton of sense because he was very physical, a lot of physicality in everything he said and all of his emotions. That makes a ton of sense. I think you're probably on something. Pat? All in all, it was an unexpected movie. I guess I wasn't really sure what I was getting into. Pat, pick this movie, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, I thought I was picking, you know, the Harry Housen movies. Mm. Like oh, you that. mean the or- ones that I have and wouldn't have had to rent it this one. <laughs> yeah. Jason's hung up on that two ninety nine. Was that the one you're talking I about? I paid the two ninety nine. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> he didn't even pay it. He's complaining. Thank you, Drew. That's true. <laughs> Next episode, it takes too, Jason's so. place officially on Saturday Night Theater. <laughs> you know, he brings up a yeah. solid point, guys. I think he's he's still, you know, I'm going to use a sailing word here. He's probably still salty of my rating on Baltimore. <laughs> he's holding on There's, to some crusade. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, not, not at all, because grudges. the fans spoke. The fans spoke for you. <laughs> And the fans brought the truth to the program. (laughs) Oh, the bitterness remains. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I was just really surprised on how this movie actually turned out. And boy, you know, two hours of a movie, too, from 1947. That's a long time, don't you think? Gosh, yeah. It's a long movie. Yeah. I was surprised that it was that long. Yeah, I was surprised yeah. too. But you do have some really long movies like Take On with the Wind or mm-hmm. so. I mean there are there are mm-hmm. some very long movies that are older films. True. I figured back then you're going to the movie theaters, you're going to be spending how much to see a movie, and a that quarter. was just a quarter. So you want to get your quarters worth, right? You know, that was the thing that they had back then. Mm-hmm. It's 1947. This is a movie that's out, and then you look at the production value that's in Holmes. Mm-hmm. There's a difference, you know? Yeah, because Holmes is 54, right? So yeah. seven years later. But yeah, they went all in, like you said, on the sets. And Julie mentioned the costumes, and the Technicolor just looks so vivid. You can mm-hmm. tell that it's kind of a new technology 
technology and they're playing with it, mm-hmm. it has a certain charm to it. That's for- yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah. I also wondered about it being so close to the end of the war. If it was a style of film for that time, like they wanted the more light kind of you know mm-hmm. totally fantastical sort of a film because that appealed more to audiences after yeah after the war. And that's yeah. another thing I don't know a lot about the films in that period. So yeah. could be. That's a good point, though. That's a good strong. Point. And that makes me think of another thing too. As we talked about the fight scenes, yeah, they were kind of playgroundy-ish, but we're used to really seeing some really violence and some really up close battles and all that where this 1947 maybe that's just what they were used to and to them if you were watching it back then would you be going wow that was really cool and I want to be that guy or I want to be Sinbad and swashbuckling around like he does Jason final wrap up I'd say that overall I really enjoyed the film it was a little bit long to me in places I kind of dozed off to be honest in a couple of spots but there was really uh, well filmed scenes in there and yeah I enjoyed it what about you Jerry Overall, I enjoyed it, too. I agree with you, Jason, as I do on a lot of film stuff. We're in lockstep. There was some wall parts. I think they could have maybe trimmed this movie down to 90 minutes or so. But in the end, I thought it was great. And I was just really excited when I saw the opening credits come up with a C. Anthony Quinn. I'm a fan. And to see him so young, but at such a powerful and striking role was certainly a lot of fun. And this was my first yeah. go around with any form of Douglas Fairbanks. As much as old movies I've seen, I've never seen a Douglas Fairbanks. So that was kind of interesting. And with that... Let's get into the fun facts with Jared. As you may or may not know, this film was the return of star Douglas Fairbanks Jr. after a six-year hiatus due to his naval service during World War II. Hmm, I think I heard that somewhere. I know it comes as a surprise to no one. Did anybody do any deeper search on him? How many films before he left? I do know that he has quite a history of films. And I think one of his last films was that movie Ghost Story that was in the early 80s that had Fred Astaire and um, a couple other famous older guys. But yeah, I think he throughout his life, he was in movies. So he must have quite a number of them. And here's a fun fact that I discovered while doing my research on this film. This film was slated to be the Christmas season blockbuster to release for RKO Pictures in 1946. And as Jason told us earlier, it came out in January of 47. The reason for the delay is that there was a strike at the Technicolor Film Processing Lab. Workers went on strike, so it got bumped back a month while they resolved that. So RKO decided to fill the void in their December schedule with a little movie called It's a Wonderful Life. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah. What was that about? I don't know. Never heard of it. <laughs> so they decided, well, well, you know, they wanted to be their Christmas blockbuster, and they wanted a big Technicolor feature, but there was a strike on so they're like well we've got this black and white Christmas movie we can roll out and they're like well we'll settle for that and guess which one got more notoriety in the end <laughs> soon bad <laughs> going along with my theory that Crush Groove will one day outperform E.T. <laughs> <laughs> well that boys are back <laughs> He actually started working in 1916. He had his first starring role in 1923, and I'm not even going to count how many movies he was in between. Sounds like silent film era to me, Julie. I think you're on something. Uh, When was he born? 1909. He's the type of guy that just watching this, he'd have that energy on the set or whatever, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, let's do this, man. (laughs) You know? I'd be like... (laughs) Like when Peppy Pat's out. Yeah. yeah. That was like two full hours of Peppy Pat. (laughs) Yeah. 
guys. He's the guy that wants to, you know, hey, I want to do that. I want to hang with this guy. He's so life of the party. Or at least the character was that way. So Yeah. I got to say my favorite scene was probably that auction scene. Yeah. <laughs> now, just because the boat's cursed, don't let that dissuade you. From- <laughs> That's right. Because everybody who ever got on board this thing is dead. And it's, it just sets up like it's it's had been touched by the breath of Satan. <laughs> yep. I was like, dang, man. <laughs> he's going all out he's going all out there yeah and then when he paid the dude with the dude's own money, <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> yeah i see it was awesome yeah he's definitely a conniving kind of sneaky guy definitely indeed <laughs> well it sounds like we all enjoyed it but let's find out how much as we will now move into our ratings and we rate things on this show on a scale of one to five and in this case i want everybody to get out their custom-made assassin's daggers everyone has five wonderful assassin's daggers in front of them come on <laughs> You can get what, well, you know, whatever it says on the handle is up to you. Mine says, pass the pipe. Or you gotta get it. Or you get sliced. Oh, man. Pat got vindictive with his <laughs> I might have to. Oh, wait. I'm not going to tell you guys what I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> Jason, make sure we get all these knives put away after. Hey, after- no, no. I'll take care of them. I mean, you know what? I'm going to just keep a couple so I can show Delvin them for later on. Yeah, we we can just tell them about it. <laughs> No, it's it's okay. I want to. I'm just gonna take one or two, and I know I'll just show Delvin. You know, we can. I'll show him the blade. He'll show me the key. Yes, get the jacket. All right. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, you had to suffer through that, Julie. Pat's got addiction problems and violence problems. Anyway. One through five scale. Five means you loved it. Four means you thought it was very good. Three means you thought it was good. Two was eh, just okay. And one, I did not like it. Let's start with our guest. Julie, how many assassin's daggers are you going to put in this one? And that's a good thing. (laughs) That sounds bad. But how many assassin's daggers are you going to give to this? I really liked it five times. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it two and a half. Halfsies? Oh, halfsies. Halfsies? Yeah. You You don't do halves? You gave no preparation. (laughs) No, we don't do halves. Yeah, he didn't didn't tell me anything about this. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to have to go with three. He was going three daggers on this. What do you say, Pat? I'm going to see her three and raise it by one. I'm giving it four daggers. Ooh, Pat with the four yeah, daggers. I, I was very pleasantly surprised with this one. Excellent. Jason? I'm going to take Pat's score, and then the tide's going to go out a little bit, and we're going to do a three. <laughs> and I am going to go lockstep with Julie and Jason. I'm going to go three as well. I thought it was a good movie. My thought was, would I circle back to watch it again anytime soon? Probably not, but I think it was still worth my time and effort. So, well, you got it for two weeks, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How much did it cost, Jason? <laughs> For me, nothing. <laughs> but you still complained about it. <laughs> well, yes. Yes, I am. Because that's what I do on this show. We have all the other Sinbad movies. Just Except not this one. <laughs> there you go. You have it for a few more days. Well, Jason's going to be the one to pick our next movie when we get to the 30th episode. So you'll start turning on that, my friend. And I'll be the one yeah. to complain. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'll have to take a look and see what we got lying Unless, Jason, we could make a deal. Auction here. <laughs> Holding an auction. <laughs> and being that this is the special 20th episode there's no like shares or retweet feedback in this episode as always though we greatly appreciate it and we highly encourage you to drop the hashtag smt movie when we do these specials so we, you can chat about it it's easy for us to look up on social media we can just do a search for hashtag smt movie and see what you have to say about this we always appreciate your comments your feedback so just because we don't have a section on this 20th episode doesn't mean we don't appreciate it please keep them cards letters are coming, but please 
please stop sending pipes. All right. Pat doesn't need them. You're just enabling him. <laughs> oh, you can pass it, pipe. Hashtag <laughs> pass the pipe to Pat. Do not send in any more pipes. You've got oh. a problem, laddie. <laughs> Sean Connery thinks you have a problem. That's how deep you are, man. <laughs> you need help. <laughs> I do say go ahead and um, chat us in the Twitter or the Facebook comments and we'll chat you about this movie. Absolutely. We'll chat about it. Yeah, definitely. I want want to hear what everybody else, if you watched it, let us know and what your thoughts on it. Where are we spot on? Who do you agree with? Are you in the fours or in the threes or even lower or higher? Let us know. Yeah. I want to hear from the people who have seen it. If you went out of your way to watch it, just to listen along with the show. Crusades Warriors. You're a warrior. Yeah, you're a warrior. Let us know. With that, I'm going to hand it over to Jason to close the show. So, Jason, Sail us off into the sunset here on our lovely, lovely sailing ship. Well, before I do that, Jared, I think instead of having, like, we had the Crusade Miss Warrior, if somebody indicates that they actually watch the movie, they can be part of Sinbad's crew. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday <laughs> If you'd like to hear more from us on the realm of comic books, action films, and more, check out The Long Box Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, you can find The Long Box Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers, or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook at Long Box Crusade. Oh, and by the way, we're on Instagram as well. You can find us there at Long Box Crusade 2. Hey, speaking of two, you can find us on YouTube for for live shows at the Longbox Crusade. They're legitimate live shows. They're not like the erotic shows that Pat does. <laughs> yeah, Longbox Crusade exactly. after dark. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. <laughs> if you want to hear us on our trek through all the James Bond films, check out on our Majesty's Secret podcast. Jared, give him the digits. Jared's not here right now. Sean Connery's here. Clean and sober. No pipes been smoked. No brandy drank. You can find on I don't Ma- know if I believe that, Mr. Would, Connery, but go ahead. Would I lie to you? Yes, you would. You frequently do. No brandy, no pipes. Maybe a shot of heroin, but... <laughs> <laughs> I am high as a kite. (laughs) But if you'd like to hear these Nancy boys talk about James Bond, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers. Go to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com or go on Twitter at OHMSpod. Not sure about this Simbad. I also was a sailor and I was not nearly as Nancy boy as this guy. I think, I think Sean would be a good Sinbad, though. I didn't I'd say I didn't look good in the costumes. I'd look damn good in the costumes, but I just <laughs> have my pride, lads. Now, excuse me. I'm going to go get drunk. Pat, are you coming with? Yes. Yes, I'll be right there. Just let no, me finish Pat. this up. No, Pat. Sean, that we've talked we'll about. We'll hit the streets of Agrabah. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to find Daria Bar. Yes, uh, <laughs> arg. Oh, goodness. All right. Thank you, Mr. Connery. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Pat. Lead us off. Well, you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Also on Instagram at Christatos01. Jason? I'm at Weasel Skull on Twitter, and I'm at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Jared? You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, all at Yard Sale Artist. Julie, dare you allow people to come? contact you about this? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I don't use Twitter too much, but I am at Julie Jansen, J-A-N-S-E-N. And on Instagram, I am Julie dot underscore dot Jansen. Or on Facebook, I am found at Julie Jansen Fine Art, since I am also an artsy person. Oh, yeah. She makes some really, really cool. I know you do more than this, but I saw some really cool holiday ornaments where she paints like raccoons or dogs or birds and stuff on. That's like natural wood that you're painting that on. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looks so cool. A lot of pet portraits. This yeah, season. pet portraits. Yeah. And they look so cool. If you need a really great custom Christmas ornament or painting in general, yeah, check her out at those spots. She's really good at it. Thank you. And she's not burned out on it at all. No. <laughs> when she gets burned out on it, she lets Jason do them. And uh, then they get interesting. <laughs> No, I had a lot of I had a lot of fun with the ornaments. Well, thank you for joining us, Julie, and we'll see you all here next episode where we will begin our initial look at the 1936 Flash Gordon cereal. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 the 1980 movie, you guys are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back to 36. Every time I'm going to, every time somebody says that, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, Holmes fans. That series will still be rotated in regularly. But our next episode, meet us on the launch pad because we are going to blast off into space with Flash Gordon, Space Soldiers, Chapter 1. Meet up location? Planet Mongo, I guess? Probably. <laughs> For God's sakes, strap <laughs> yourself down. down. <laughs> we only have some certain amount of hours to save the world. I can't remember how many. <laughs> Fire all weapons. What do you mean, Flash Gordon approaching? Oh, God, we have a Gordon's whole alive? We have a whole season of this. <laughs> Can't wait to get through that. Yeah.